0: Thank you for the welcome, John. Good to be here. Good to see you all. Um, You ever write letters? Um, Sometimes I write, and when Jean reads my letters, she always reads my letters, she would, uh, I say, what do you think of that, John? Very nice, very nice. Now throw it in the bin and write another one. So that, that's happened a few times too. The Apostle Paul had to write to a church at Corinth, and it wasn't a very nice letter. But one of the things you always do, well, most folk would do, I think, is before you, you, pre, you confront people with their difficulties, you write something to apart from correcting and confronting them, he writes something to praise them it's good to praise people for what we're about to tell them and so in this letter to the Corinthians Paul writes to the Corinthians and I'm going to read if you've got a Bible with you and care to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 we'll have a look at 1 Corinthians tonight chapter 1 verse 1 Um, and we'll read I think down to 14. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And the brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth To those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. I appeal to you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, one of you says I follow Paul and another I follow Apollos. Another I follow Cephas. Still another... I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? I am thankful I did not baptize any of you except Christmas and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized into my name. He said further down, verse 17, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. An amazing letter, 1st Corinthians, 2nd Corinthians. The scholars actually believe some that there are four letters to the Corinthians embedded in these two letters. Some say three and some say just the two. But uh, it's amazing the amount of subject matter that Paul covers in these letters. He deals with all sorts of things. He deals with the Lord's table. He deals with gifts and tongues. He deals with how ladies should behave in church and he deals with hats and all manner of things. He's got a wonderful chapter, a hymn to love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He's got a great chapter on the Lord's table. He's got a wonderful chapter on the resurrection He's, he's an amazing man. The Apostle Paul, he talks about his personal deep experiences of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's, a, he's a terrific writer. Um, and Paul <coughs> had visited Corinth. It didn't last very long when he went to uh, Europe. The Holy Spirit redirected him to go to Europe. And he went to Philippi and he got beaten up and put in jail <laughs> in Philippi he went to uh, Thessalonica and he was at the very most four weeks there three sabbaths and uh, he got hunted out of town <laughs> so it, it must have been soul searching about the Lord's calling and quite sad he travelled from Athens to Corinth probably in a mood of dejection after all the expulsions he suffered in Macedonia um, but he left small groups behind him in Philippi and in Thessalonica and Berea um, and he came to them not feeling very good but he manages to pluck up a series of descriptions of the Corinthians if you look at verse of chapter 1 and um, you see that they were genuinely saved You yeah, had never hear that word nowadays saved but you were saved genuinely through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and that's a good thing you know the, do you ever speak to anyone about being saved we don't do that nowadays but um, a salvation army last in the train asked an old fella if he was saved and he said what do you mean do you mean I have been saved I am being saved or I will be saved because that's true for all three (laughs) Um, so they were genuinely saved they were liberally endowed verse 5 for in him you have been enriched in every way in all your speaking and in all your knowledge that's lovely too isn't it to be enriched by the presence of Christ and his goodness they were liberally endowed they were securely established that was something else verse 6 our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you you were the living proof that what I said came true in a human life you were liberally endowed securely established spiritually gifted verse 7 therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you, um, that's absolutely wonderful, and they were prophetically alert, verse seven, because they were waiting on the Lord returning. You eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will be blameless. Keep you strong, sorry, to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of Jesus Christ. And so Paul arrived among them. Um, He was in a mood of dejection, but he left small groups behind. And when he came to the Corinthians, he says in chapter 2 and verse 3, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. He he was physically afraid of what was going to happen to him. But he trusted the Lord and the Lord sent him there and he stayed there, well it was three weeks in Thessalonica and a year and a half at Corinth and they called them my joy and my crown I mean, you read about some of the stuff they were up to you wonder why he was able to make descriptions of that but he did Corinth was a terrible place, it was a Las Vegas of the New Testament it was a an immoral place it was a proverbial name for sexual laxity and drunken indulgence. The city of Corinth. And tonight we'll just look briefly at a few general issues connected with it. First of all, the preacher God sent. That was the Apostle Paul. Transformed by Christ. Called to be an Apostle of Christ Jesus. By the will of God. That's a tremendous description of his credentials as a Christian. He was on the road to Damascus as a fanatical Pharisee to arrest and if necessary put to death Christians who profess Christ as their saviour. And he thought he he was persecuting the Christians. But on the road to Damascus he was confronted by the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And he discovered he wasn't persecuting the Christians. He was persecuting the Christ because the Lord spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, and everywhere in the Bible where a name is doubled up, that's doubly significant. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus said to him. And that was amazing. He was transformed by Christ and he was changed and he was helped by the Christians and he was trained in the desert for about three years he had to rethink all the stuff he'd learned and that was a lot of stuff Um, all the stuff he'd learned he had to rethink it and be transformed by Christ and become the, the, the apostle to the Gentiles and that's the first thing have you been transformed? it's absolutely wonderful to see folk transformed and God is still busy at it all over the world Christians are uh, becoming new Christians people are becoming new Christians all over the world tonight because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ he was transformed by Christ there was a man over in Springburn a big drunk guy and he was standing outside the church cursing and swearing at the folk as they went in the door of the church until fairly recently and the wee pastor put his arm round him and gave a nice talk to him and brought him into the service and he got converted (laughs) he got saved (laughs) and he's absolutely changed you see him, he's a different man you hardly recognise him and recently there was a a lady brought her nephew you know Gordon Thompson don't you Uh, she brought her nephew to Gordon's meetings and he Her niece ran her to Gordon's meetings and she was an an addict of a drug things we see and I can never remember it. Help me. Cocaine. A cocaine addict she was. And she trusted in Christ and Gordon Thompson's meetings. And you know what she did next? She went to night school and got her hires. (laughs) And then she went to university and got a degree in counselling and then she set up her house as a cocaine centre where cocaine addicts can come and Gordon showed me a photo of her before and after it was like in the olden days we used to have adverts for Charles Atlas you know I was an eight stone weakling remember (laughs) I was an eight stone weakling before and after this massive muscled guy at the end of the course and then She was absolutely transformed and so was the Apostle Paul. This bigoted Pharisee became a servant, the meek and lowly servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Transformed by Christ, the preacher God sent. The preacher God sent was tenacious in his service. He was like a dug with a rag, we would say in Glasgow. He never gave up. Chapter 4, verse 17. My life in Christ Jesus agrees with what I teach everywhere, in every church. He never gave up. We've got a dog in our family. Um, She was a rescue dog. Uh, Her name's Roxy. And Roxy, they bought her a, a toy to play with they bought her something at Christmas a durable toy, she had it in shreds in half an hour (laughs) but this one, she's had it for about eight years, they've had it for about eight years and she still cannot get it chopped up with her teeth (laughs) she's at it all the time every time you go in there's this toy getting mangled by her she's so tenacious Paul was like that in his service he never gave up He was transformed, he was tenacious, and he was tired in mind and body. Look at verses, chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. He says, To this very hour we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags, we are brutally treated, we are homeless, we work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless, when we are persecuted, we endure it, and when we are slandered, we answer kindly. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world, and that's what the reputation of the Christian church is right now in the eyes of the world we're being sidelined, we're being insulted, we're being um, told that we're crazy and all that kind of stuff and yet God's people all over the world are being changed in the 1960s when I was a student at a London Bible College I used to go preaching for the London Embankment Mission, have you ever heard of them? They worked down in Villier Street by Charing Cross London and when I went there eh, used to line up against the wall and there was a a van came with sandwiches and tea for them all. And they all got a round of sandwiches and a a mug of tea. And then I got preaching in the middle and the man said to me, as far as these people are concerned, George, the success of your preaching depends on his brevity. (laughs) Because they got another round of sandwiches and another mug of tea when you finish preaching. (laughs) Well, a a fellow was telling me last week, he was down that way in Villiers Street, and there was this huge crowd, of about three or four hundred folks standing about, mainly men, waiting for their sandwiches and their tea. You know, that's, that's what, 50 years later, uh, 60 years later, and they're still in a state, and they're still tired in mind and body. And only Christ can deliver them, and the Lord is still doing that to this day. So the preacher God sent was transformed by Christ, tenacious in his service, and tired in mind and body. Let's look secondly at the people God saved, the people of torn Corinth, not torns, Corinth. <laughs> um, what about them? What were they like? Well, first of all, there are people without roots. most of us can go back to our roots my mother came from Roman Catholic stock in Northern Ireland my father came from farming stock up in Aberdeenshire we can look back in our our, uh, pedigrees and you can actually get folk to do it although in America I heard about a man that he paid a man a hundred dollars to research his ancestry and a thousand dollars to keep quiet about it (laughs) But there were people without roots. The the city of Corinth is a wonderful place. Um, It's it's like, it's it's not an island, it's what's called technically, if you need your false teeth in to say it, it's an isthmus. you ever heard of an isthmus? The isthmus of Corinth is nearly an island, there's a wee neck of land about three miles across in the north of Corinth. And (coughs) Corinth, it, the area around it and the sea is quite stormy and difficult to sail and so a lot of the sailors shortcut it by going in at one end and there a sort of tramways type railway lines along the three miles and folk could get their ships wheeled over to the other side and miss all the storms around uh, the, uh, the isthmus of Corinth. So there were they had rebelled against the Roman Empire which was not a a clever thing to do in those times and a Roman general wiped out so many destroyed the buildings and closed it down as a city in 144, 146 BC but Julius Caesar who was quite a wise man um, in a whole lot of directions Julius Caesar in 44 BC rebuilt this had the city rebuilt and that was a folk without roots some of them had roots but it was a place where uh, sailors went because they were crossing the isthmus of cornth you have time off in the town of cornth and you know what sailors are um, people without roots are people without morals in fact there was a special verb in, 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 invented called to Corinthianize and to Corinthianize someone was to turn them into a drunken sexual pervert uh, and uh, there were quite a lot of them about Corinth. Um, a people without morals um, a people without direction because they didn't know where they were going they had all these gods, the great gods of religion were there and they had all these sailors about the place and they had a temple to Aphrodite up on the hill outside the city um, dedicated to the god of love and they had a thousand, uh, there's we children about, I don't want to say but they had a thousand priestesses who came down into the town, into the city every night and plied their trade it was a filthy place uh, people without direction a lot of them are involved in uh, the cult of Mithras which is a, was a Roman cult but it was specifically the soldiers cult and it spreads throughout the whole population and it was a horrible cult where you had to crawl under bull's blood and all manner of stuff like that amazing place and you had these holy women about the place every night. And they were very, we would call, unholy women about the city of Corinth. A people given over to pleasure and to superstition. Worshipping false gods. And a whole lot of them came to know Christ and joined the church. <laughs> Absolutely amazing to think of that. He says, a hey, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 8, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral or idolaters or adulterers or male prostitutes or homosexual offenders nor thieves nor the greedy nor swindlers or drunkards or slanderers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he puts, and that is what some of you are. Isn't that amazing? i are sitting in church, singing choruses. <laughs> you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. What a wonder. The people God saved. You know, the people God saved. I was reading a life of uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones recently. It used to be in two volumes but they have now got a one volume paperback edition by Ian Murray which is well worth reading. Uh, absolutely great. Martin Lloyd-Jones was the king's physician. Harley Street man. Specialist. And he wanted to give it up to become a preacher. Imagine. <laughs> and he went to a college and he decided he didn't like college. <laughs> he just went in to see what it was like and he decided against it he would have a private tutor to teach him greek so that he could read the new testament in greek and he asked for a wee mission somewhere in wales (laughs) to serve god and you know a man like that could have been anywhere he went to this wee village in wales well there was this man in the village when martin Lloyd Jones went to preach and he, he was called Staffordshire Bill. He was a drunken oaf of a man. We were all scared of him. We all kept away from him. And he had a staffy. He was called after his dog, you know, the Staffordshire Bill. Staffies uh, win your confidence and love sometimes. We, we love our, our staffy. Anyway, he was so overcome with guilt for having killed his favourite pal, his dog. He went to church on Sunday and heard Martin Lloyd Jones and got converted. <laughs> and the whole place was alive. Staffordshire Bill turned into a Christian, you know. It was so wonderful. And you know, God can do anything, God can change anybody. And He did it for Staffordshire Bill through Martin Lloyd Jones. Wonderful. Man Lloyd joined, of course, a great ministry. My roommate at college was converted in his Bible class. He was at his Bible class on a Friday night and he saw this. He said, I could read it in the ceiling, George George. Romans 3, verse 26. He quoted it to me. And Bob got converted and got his... Oh, he had an O grade to his name, he got his O levels and he got his hires. He as his hires, his A levels. He went to university, became an Irish Presbyterian ministry for the rest of his life. He was absolutely changed. Um, wonderful. The people God saved. You know, we used to sing a song about it. The Saviour can solve every problem. The burdens of life can endure there is nothing too hard for Jesus there is nothing that he cannot do the people God saved are you saved It's a question for you how about the power God supplied that this change could take place well if you look back at chapters 1 and verse 2 it was consecrating power to the church of God in Corinth. To those sanctified in Christ Jesus. And called. To be holy. That's what we are. We're the holy people of God. And we're meant to live like that. But God. When God comes into our life. And the grace of God actually works in our lives. We become consecrated. And God. God. Is our special Father in a special sense, and Christ is our Saviour in a special sense, and the Holy Spirit is the way in which Jesus reveals Himself to us. He's the one who takes of the things of Christ and reveals them to us. Consecrating power. Anything else? Well, verse 6 of chapter 1 it was um, confirming power. Because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift. You see, our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Consecrating power, confirming power, continuing power. Verse 8 He will keep you strong to the end. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ you'll still be there um, living as a Christian God has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord he is faithful and he will do it isn't that wonderful that God in his mercy continues to exert his power through his people who give themselves to him so that's a wee brief look at Corinthians, I think I've got another Sunday sometime fairly soon, got a eh, Graham and eh, we'll talk about Paul a little bit more <laughs> when that happens, let's pray together oh Lord we thank you for your grace, for your kindness shown to us in the Lord Jesus as we repent and believe the gospel We thank you, Lord, that you've changed us, changed by the matchless grace of God. And we ask you, Lord, for anyone here tonight who doesn't know Jesus like this, that you will call them to yourself, that they may repent of their sin, change their mind, change their direction, and turn to God and trust in the Lord Jesus who died on the cross and gave his life and shed his blood for us and will cleanse us from all sin so Lord give us confidence in that and help us to live by the strength of it this week and this year for Jesus sake Amen